TSL. This is the Satin Lounge. She's a Denver native, yet you can hear her deeply rooted uh, Nashvillean musical influences. She's had um, opening appearances with Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, and Kelly Pickler. Her voice has been described as soulful and bluesy, and I'm going to add honey-dipped. Um, lyrically, she's a songwriting elevation, descriptively clear in her storytelling, which you'll hear more about. And her incredible story of resilience in pursuing her dreams musically is sure to inspire you tonight, Satin Lounge, to maybe create a few paper airplanes of your own. Satin Lounge, please help me welcome the refreshing Coles Waylon. Welcome, Coles. Thank you so much. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being with us. You have a fan base that it, they're so excited about you. I've been getting emails and tweets and and so forth saying, please have this lady, this beautiful creature on your show. And I'm so excited that we uh, connected tonight. Oh, well, I am delighted to have received the invite. So thank you. <laughs> what an inspirational story you have. Um about your incredible determination, you uh, can we just take a moment and kind of go back to the beginning with you musically and uh, get to know you a little better and maybe find out a little bit about your sassy tenacity you got going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is the piano the first instrument that you picked up? Is that it? Was yeah. I started playing piano when I was seven. Um, my parents enrolled me in lessons, thankfully, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've been playing that for yeah for most of my life. You also play the guitar. That started a little bit later, didn't it? Yeah, that started when I decided to uh, really embark on a solo singer-songwriter career path. I decided that I would much rather be a multi-instrumentalist, if at all possible. So I, I gave guitar a whirl, and um, and I really learned to love the instrument. I, I really enjoy playing it. Are the piano and the guitar a little uh, similar because of the chords or the... Are they similar? I've noticed that a lot of people who, or a lot of musicians and artists who play the piano also end up picking up the guitar. Was it difficult to learn? Yeah, I think if you play one, it always makes learning a new instrument easier because there's a lot of theory and practice that can be transferred. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely playing a stringed instrument is not the same as playing a piano. So there was a lot of uh, technique that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was very much a beginner when I started playing. So my my poor roommate in, well, I lived in Los (laughs) Angeles at the time, had to listen to me playing (laughs) the same five chords over and over. But I... I, Well, look at you now. Look at you now, though. Yeah. (laughs) You paid (laughs) off. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have, speaking of theory, you have a degree in music and business. Um, w- did college kind of help you with some of this pursuit in music? Yeah, I think so. It was always a goal of mine, a personal goal to go to college. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm glad that I went and I, I really appreciated my time there because it taught me to be disciplined and to disciplined. treat mm-hmm. music, yeah, really with a sense of purpose um, and, and direction. And I, I think that that was really helpful in helping me organize my, my life and my career. Mm-hmm. Anyone who pursues college or education, I, you know, hats off to you, especially because the tuition is ridiculous. So you kind of have to be focused going in there these days. <laughs> right, exactly. And luckily, uh, the university that I did attend is generous with 
scholarships for uh, for music for people in music at that time. They were so I was mm-hmm. I had a lot of help and um, man, I sure had to do a lot of work though. <laughs> yeah, so you ended up with a scholarship in school. Yes, not a full one, but enough to get me there. Enough to help you get by. That's wonderful. Exactly. If you're just joining us, if you're tuning in to uh, the Satin Lounge with Kieran A, this is Pillow Talk with our special guest tonight, Coles Whalen. Um, in 2005-ish, I believe it was, you you packed up a camper and you roughed it out on the road for a little bit with your self-entitled EP. And it feels like that camper journey... Uh, was a bit spontaneous. I mean, coming from college, I guess. Uh, what made you just jump? And, and were you? There's something about it. Just seems like you had to get it done. I guess so. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I I wanted to go on tour, and at the time, I didn't really know what that meant or how to mm-hmm. even get started. And I figured that having my home with me wherever I was was. Mm-hmm the safest and potentially most cost-effective way to, to get out and around the country. And so I, yeah, I just sold everything and um, put a camper on top of a truck. And wow. I ended up living in it for three, more than three years, three and a half years. And I must play, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shows while I was living in the camper. And it was mm-hmm. just a really good way to cut my teeth and get into solo performance. Wow. So you're in a camper and you're touring around Denver which is your native of uh, Denver. You're touring around Denver and you're doing all of these shows. What I found fascinating was, uh, you know, I know you built a very loyal fan base doing an up-and-close personal show, which kind of follows mm-hmm. you today. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I, you know, I, was, I got lucky with the, um, with the camper because I was able to travel um, to places that I, where I did not know mm-hmm. anybody previously and mm-hmm. set up in these small coffee shops and then um, play. Yeah, Borders. For, borders. You have a yeah. wonderful relationship with Borders, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> I, yeah, they've been really helpful to me over the years. And, uh, and you know, I would even invite people out to see the camper and uh-huh. people really got to, yeah, we became friends instead of just sort of an yeah. artist and her, you know, and her audience. And so it was really nice. And I, yeah, I do see a lot of those people still at the shows mm-hmm. today and they feel, I think, a real strong connection that hopefully will continue. Absolutely. What, what did you do with the camper? I mean, it should go into the Hall of Fame now. Where is it? <laughs> I right. I gave it. I gave it. Um, I gave it back to the people that we bought it from. Uh-huh. Eventually, I think we put more miles on that camper than it had, in three years that it had seen in its whole previous life. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So they they bought that's it back. That's called hustling, Cole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, during those three years, you you had the EP. You had uh, released your first uh, full length album. And it seemed like like things were, you know, kind of going great for you. You have this loyal fan base following you. You end up getting signed to your first independent record label. But what happened there? You kind of got screwed, didn't you? Yeah, really royally. It was really a shame. Um, I, you know, to make a, a long and painful story short, <laughs> the, the label just um, was mismanaged by mm-hmm. the, you know, by the ownership, and they ended up going bankrupt um you mostly and um they had you know i had signed all of my rights over to Mm -hmm. you know for the licensing and production of my newest record and so while i was in the midst of the legal battle trying to get away from the label i wasn't unable to tour and unable to make a new record and unable to do really much of anything so um yeah it was it was unfortunate for me but i you know and i and to be very honest i did consider 
stopping mm-hmm. playing music. I can imagine. It's so ugly, and it takes some of the joy out of it, I think, when you um, are dealing with people in business that are distrustful. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah. you know, things mellow out, as you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, wounds heal, and right. I decided to... Right, and you, you know, your story is, is unique to you, but there are so many struggling um, yeah. struggling artists, independent, creative people who run into these kinds of walls. You know, knowing what you know now, if you would have known it then, what uh, would you have done differently to kind of protect you from that kind of creative pain? Um, I think I would have done a, a little, a lot more research before mm-hmm. immediately signing and also would have maybe... Um, tried to work the deal a, a little bit differently. I think there was, you know, foolish money was spent, mm-hmm. and I. Um, you got the advance, not, and you went and uh, bought another yeah. camper. What? That's exactly right. Yeah. So I think I would have probably put I my dollars it. in a few different places. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you live and you learn. What exactly. I love about you is that the music never died, and you didn't allow it to. You know, kill your dreams. Um, yeah. You got through that struggle, and it's an inspirational story for, for, for everyone who is listening. I'm sure. You know, we have to take a break, um, but no worries. Sad Lounge. Obviously, Cole's rose back up like a phoenix, and when we come back, we're going to tell you how she did it. There um, may be just a few invaluable. Steps to pursuing your dreams at that you may learn tonight with our special guest in Pillow Talk. You're listening to the Satin Lounge with Kia Renee, and you don't want to miss it more with Coles Whalen next. I think it's sweet that when I wear blue. Promoting diversity. Diversity. It's a profound thing when you can bring everybody together, primarily LGBT people. Right. LGBTQI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> If you are a woman and you want to love a woman, no one should judge you for that. If you're a man and you want to love a man, no one should judge you for that. Nothing matters when you feel it. You know what I mean? And we should not be afraid to be who we are when it comes to love. You know, love is love. Nothing matters when you feel it, baby. Showcasing creativity. I love it. Once I realized that you don't have to wait for somebody to give you the yes to do something and you take the power yourself and you say, I'm going to do this on my own. Um, There's something empowering in that as an artist. The Satin Lounge with with Kia Renee. Keep listening and supporting this show. We need a show where we can all come together. This is Coles Whalen, and you are listening to the best of the Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. Breathe it in. This is the Satin Lounge. Breathe it in. Paper Airplanes, one of my favorite songs by our special guest joining us for Pillow Talk, Coles Whalen. I love that song. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you like that song. I do. I do. I know that music is left up into, left up to interpretation and... You could be talking about many things, but for me, when I personalized the song, I was talking about my dreams. I was singing that song to my dreams. What were you saying there? It's interesting that you have that interpretation because, and I, I hesitate to sometimes to tell people what I've written songs about because I prefer for it to be personal mm-hmm. to them and to to how they really feel it. But I wrote that I wrote most of my songs on my own, but I actually co-wrote that song with uh, 
one of my best friends and a woman who plays in my band. Mm-hmm. Her name is Kim Kim O'Hara. Oh wow! And she's, yeah, shout she out is, Kim, shout out. Yeah, exactly. She's an <laughs> awesome bass player and percussionist. Yeah. But who knew she was also a great songwriter? And we, you know, we had just spent the you know the morning talking about um, the struggles and the tour and the mm-hmm. up and down and mm-hmm. all the beautiful things and all the hard things and um, and we ended up writing that song that afternoon. So I think mm-hmm. for us it was a lot about you know just staying in it because uh, we feel a uh, yeah. you know, calling to do something like that wow your paper airplanes dream they're your dreams you know I love it I love it I really really love it it encouraged me you know so much when I listened to it it's kind of pensive because it does take you on that journey you just kind of set with it and go yeah I've been there yeah I feel that way I thought it was brilliantly written and Kim again shout out I adore your songwriting I hope you hear me um Let's talk more about your journey. Um, after you broke up your heartbreak with the record label, you know, which oh, yeah. you, pulled, you pulled yourself back together. You did. You pulled yourself up by your bootstrings uh, and you, you headed from Denver to Nashville. And, you know, how did you get yourself back together? And why did you choose Nashville as the place to, to uh, take your boots off? I love Denver and it was definitely my home and I'm, I'm happy to be located here again, but I just really needed a change of scenery mm-hmm. and I had, I was working with a manager at the time who had a lot of connections in Nashville and so he, I'd never been, I'd never even been to the town, let alone done any work there and so I decided to take a break from performance for a while and go to Nashville and just learn more about the craft of songwriting. Right. I knew that was a motivator. Songwriting in Nashville is ridiculous. It really is. Yeah, it really was. It was like going to upper education for songwriting. It was like grad school. You know, it was really an awesome experience for me. And I I really loved the town. I loved the people in it. I ended up making a record there. Yes, you did. Yeah, even though I didn't think when I went that that was the purpose of me going. And Mm -hmm. I just um, Mm -hmm. still work there all the time. I have great friends there. And I'm really grateful for the years that I spent in Nashville. Well, in Nashville Satin Lounge, she releases her fourth CD. Do you hear it that I said the number four after everything she's gone through? Her fourth <laughs> CD. She releases it. Uh, it's entitled um, The Whistle Stop Road Record, which is deliciously country. <laughs> <laughs> It is, Yes, definitely feel Nashville all over that one. Um, You're co-writing with some of uh, Nashville's greatest. um, They're some of the best songwriters out there. Rob Crosby, um, Keith, is it Stiegel? Yeah, um, he has produced all of Alan Jackson's records and most Mm -hmm. recently all of Zach Brown's. And he is just... I mean, I think a lot of people there are brilliant, but some people are just in the stratosphere. Yeah. And I was just uh, inspiring to be in a room with him, let alone to get a writer song with him. And he, he pulled me aside and said, you know, I haven't, I haven't had the desire to write with an artist since Alan Jackson came along. Wow. And I was just, that's, I mean, you know, that's just, you know... Mm-hmm. That can keep right. going for what a validation year. <laughs> do you need? Yes, yeah. yes, that's beautiful. Are there any other uh, artists that have influenced you throughout the years? What kind of music do you listen to? I tend to listen to other singer songwriters um, in the majority. I do you consider I, yourself a country independent country artist? What? No, um, yes and no. Really, I never really thought of myself as country until I started getting attention from 
country mm-hmm. people in the country music business, and mm-hmm. I I can certainly hear the crossover. And I I love my country fans. Absolutely adore yeah. them. They're loyal. They know all the words. They you know <laughs> appreciate me. Whatever kind of music I put out, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I really get that. Um, but you know, I don't think that my my heart and soul really lie in uh, in the country music as far as composition goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, my time in Nashville flavors my flavors record. Yeah, <laughs> it, it flavors your style a little bit. But yes, you do have kind of a, uh, just a crossover folky sound. I enjoy it. Yeah, and a lot of my favorite artists, um, like the Sean Colvins of the world, mm-hmm. you know, they really have a bunch of crossover potential. And it's really hard to, to, you know, pin it up as country or as folk or as pop. And I sort of feel like I kind of reside in that same gray area. And when you're independent, this is, I think, an important statement um when you're independent you really don't necessarily have to uh label yourself in a genre do you no i don't i don't think so and i you know i I, i'm working on a new record right now and i i have um oh my god i'm so excited wait a minute you just wait a minute just last year you dropped the the uh, wait a minute you're working on something for 2013 Already, yeah, you know, after I put out the record in 2012, I, I honestly thought it would be five years or something before I put out another record. I was yes, you so, did say that. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just felt like all the wind I had given everything, you know, and so, but yeah, I, I for, somehow got um, inspired and hmm. you know invigorated again, and so I'm writing again, and this. Very this awesome. new record definitely has like an adult contemporary feel. It's definitely sweet, you know, folky pop. Yeah, it's going to be real cool. I can't wait to hear what you do with that one. Would you say that uh, last year's release um, influenced your, I don't know, your creative mind state for this new project? Yeah, I do think so. I, I really do. I think, um, you know, I worked with a producer on my last record who was really brilliant, and I certainly enjoyed the experience, but it's uh, it's real kind of polished up for me, the mm-hmm. record, um, which I love, but I would like to kind of get back to that sort of rootsy, mm-hmm. you know, we're all together in the same room playing music feel. So You, um, you love the intimate uh, feel. I do. Of, right, yeah. the acoustic, I should... Is it the the acoustic feel with the fans close to you? Those are your days and borders. That's what's coming back. That's what it is. <laughs> how does um how do fans inspire you? I think just with their constant support and true belief in the ability of this music to become bigger than it already is. Mm-hmm. I just they never they never wear out. It's wonderful. No. They show after show and month after month, and they just you know. They pour out their support to me and really encourage me to keep going, which is really necessary and helpful. It's beautiful, isn't it? It, it is a motivating factor because you feel like, uh, after all, what you're doing has purpose. Sometimes we do things just because it's amused to us. We like it. We like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. But when it's connecting to people, and they, what is one of or two experiences you may have had that really just... You know, tore at your heartstrings that maybe some fan has said to you or wrote to you or spoken to you about. There's so, there's so many, um, but there's a few that, that you know, a couple that stand out on my mind. It was one is when I was very first starting out and I was still living in the camper and I was playing. Mm-hmm. I had driven all this way to play a show in a Borders in Eureka, California. Eureka. And there was, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. maybe six people there or five people there. Uh-huh. There's just such a small crowd. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was just really struggling with that show, you know, but I still 
try to sing my heart out and really connect to those people because you just, you know, mm-hmm. they, you never know what, who they know and how their influence can right. impact the rest of your life. And when I went to my tip jar at the end of the night, there was a $500 bill in it. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, there's only five people there. Yes. Right? So yes. I, I just looking around with like tears in my eyes and this woman came up from the back and she said, I really felt like I should do that and I want you to keep this and, you know, please keep singing. You really made an impression on me tonight oh, and I wish you all the best. God, that is so beautiful. That is yeah. so beautiful. See, these are the kind of moments that happen. It, it just changes everything. It becomes like a a soundtrack in your life. It becomes like a staple or a benchmark or it makes you believe, you know, and I'm constantly, you know, I have this preempt on my show where I'm constantly telling the sad lounge, it's like I'm saying it over and over and over, you have to believe in what you're doing for anyone else to believe in it, you know, and it's encouraging that you have those little whispers and and acknowledgement or nods along the way to help you know that you are fulfilling purpose. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Um, is there any advice that you would give to um, up-and-coming independent entertainers, period? It's not just music. It's, you know, we have writers and directors and uh, actors and, and, you know, etc. that are listening to us right now. If there's one piece of advice you could give them, what would it be? I think that it's not to get... Um, discouraged by the amount of time that you that it's taking. It's very easy to compare yourself to people around you without knowing their their entire story or their entire background and thinking to yourself, this is taking me too long. Or I wish I hadn't done spent my whole last year doing that when it's obvious that I should have been doing this, you know, and it's the journey is meant to move forward, right? Not backwards. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in maybe mistakes that you've made or you know, choices that you made that maybe ended up not being the best that we all do. And it, it only drives you down to wallow, I think, in that. And um, I mean, so easy to say and very difficult to do. But mm-hmm. if you can just keep your eyes focused ahead, it's mm-hmm. really helpful. Wow. These are the jewels that fall from the lips of Coles Whalen, who's been there <laughs> and done that, and obviously has made a full comeback right here in front of our eyes. Um, she's got a new CD coming out, probably the end of this year, the summer, or whatever. What are some of the themes that you uh, have been kind of mustering in your beautiful mind? Can you share any of that with us yet? Yeah, I would be happy to. My writing, um, oddly enough, tends to be between six months to a year behind what I'm feeling. So if, uh, you know, last February I was feeling heartbroken, it'll come out a year later. <laughs> I don't know why. It just takes wow. a while to you kind of time to re- Yeah, time you know. to reflect. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, some, of the, some of the songs that I've been writing have um, had to do with sort of the struggles of getting this last um, record, I Wrote This For You, finished and um and out and some of them are just real happy you know i've i've um i've been in love and i've been mm-hmm. traveling a lot mm-hmm. and so you can hear a lot of that on this oh. new record too love themes of love themes of uh the struggle and themes of of determination or resilience yeah. which is encompasses your life period the person that you have been um i hear in april you're going to be doing something with the phoenix pride festival um yep. sad lounge are you going what's going on with that 
come on, Satin Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys there. It's um, it's a wonderful festival. It's one of the best prides for music that I've ever been um, involved in. Mm-hmm. They really take a great deal of time setting up the stages and tweaking the sound so that you really get a good musical experience, um, along with all of the other things that they offer as part of the festival. But uh, we really enjoy playing there, and it's like going to be our third year back, so we... Um, are incredibly lucky and thankful to our Phoenix and California fans who come out there year after year to see us and it is just a party celebrating diversity and I don't think I've you know I've hardly ever been to a more fun and engaging event cool okay the Phoenix uh, Pride Festival for those of you who've never attended it's uh, April 5th through the 7th you're going to be on Saturday night or Saturday day all day or what no, we'll be on Saturday in the evening at 5, right before the headliner, who at this point is still super secret. So uh-huh. can't, yeah, I can't tell you who that is. Well, last Cole, year, yeah. they had Shelly Wright and Vanessa Carlton, so you're sure to be in for a good show. Oh, whoever. Shelly may be there, too. Well, in our minds, we're saying you're the headliner, and we come, we're coming to see you. That's what this is about. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> super awesome. Is there anything else you want to say to your fans tonight, Coles? No, I would just... Um, not really. I think you've covered most of she it. Said no. <laughs> yeah, I said no, and then I went into something anyway. It's, it's, see, because it's in your heart. Let it out. <laughs> <laughs> a big thank you for all of the support, and a big thank you to you for introducing me to your listenership. I really appreciate it, and I'm delighted to uh, to have been a guest on the show. So thank you for your time. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to meet you and. Uh, Satin Lounge, I told you she was an inspiration. Um, thank you for coming and, you know, creating love with us and sharing your music and your your story and, and your wisdom, you know, with the Satin Lounge. I know that uh, we, we there are so many people who are aspire, aspiring to be great and need this kind of uh, leadership or knowledge or uh, advice, you know, along the way. So many of us jump out here and we forget to do a little research. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> As you know firsthand, <laughs> do your research that lounge. And if you can't do anything else, just put in, play this interview over a couple of times. I think it'll help you along the way. <laughs> you know, please come back and, and uh, once you release this 2013 project and I share will. it with us, we really love your music. Uh, You're welcome to come back anytime. I'd like to play another uh, one of my favorite songs from you or by you. I'm going to go back a little further than uh, your latest album and and go back to the country with (laughs) Nashville. Play something from the Whistle Stop Road record. Um, Call on Me is pretty sexy, I must say, Cole. Going to play that for us right now. You're listening to the Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. And thank you so much to our special guest for Pillow Talk, Coles Whalen. Find out more about her at coleswhalen.com. Can you spell that for, for them, please? C O L E S W H A L E N. Coleswhalen. Coleswhalen.com. Download her music. Follow her on. Are you on Twitter? I sure am, yeah. What's your handle? Would you believe that it's at Coles Whalen? <laughs> <laughs> at Coles Whalen. Check her out. Follow her. Uh, check and tweet her a couple of times tonight, would you please? And um, make sure that you um, follow her when she's performing in a city near you. And, uh, and just support her career. She's a beautiful soul and talented, talented musician. Coles, if you wouldn't mind, can you please tell the Satin Lounge to breathe it in? 
that lounge breathed it in. I could walk away, but I'll be back someday. 